Welcome to Behind the Song with Allison Cote. I'm your host, Allison. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, I have one of my favorite singers ever. We have worked together a lot in the past, and she's such an incredible vocalist and songwriter. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Samantha Testa. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good. Um, It's been a very long time since we've got to sit down and chat. So, um, yeah, there's lots of new stuff in your life. You're married now. You have a cute puppy, a new house. How's that all going? (laughs) Uh, It's good. It's been, um, it feels like, I mean, time has pretty much all blended together in the last year and a half, but uh, it's great. You know, it's nice to finally have your own place. Um, you know, I love my little dog. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got married, so it'll be three years uh, this year. Yeah, that's crazy. Awesome. So before we get into all the music stuff, um, tell everyone about yourself. So I was born in Montreal. And we moved to Ottawa um, when I was pretty young. And I would say my music journey kind of started here. I really wanted to sing, for whatever reason, the national anthem at a baseball game. Yeah. And so we had to reach out and find somebody to record me because that's the only way back then they would take uh, auditions, right? By tape. Okay. Yeah. And so that was, I believe, the first time I ever sang in front of anybody. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, so I grew up listening to a whole bunch of different stuff from my parents, uh, probably similar to you, you know, there was jazz, there was rock, there was everything, Um, Mm. and so I kind of got a little bit of taste of every kind of genre, but I primarily started in gospel because that's what my vocal coach was, a gospel singer, so I really got to see, like, the origins of music, you know, the gospel, the blues, and really be able to be in touch with the roots of music. Mm-hmm. Um, later, I learned how to play guitar and piano, um, and it kind of just took off from there. Nice. Well, yeah, we've known each other for over 10 years now, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> we met through the Songwriters Association of Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> I, I'll, I remember like that was like the LinkedIn of like musicians and you would like go there and find somebody that you liked that had similar music taste. Mm -hmm. And then it was the MySpace days. Right. And I remember going on your MySpace and you were like the first person that I had found that was like exactly the music that I wanted to hear and write and be. And I was like, please let this girl respond to me. (laughs) You know, thankfully you were in in Canada. So like, you know, you understood me quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were both, we were both at similar places in our life. So like our music content was the same. So it it was good. It was like perfect. I was so happy that you responded to me. (laughs) Well, I remember getting your email. I'm like, oh my God, someone messaged me here. Because I literally thought no one would ever message me. So I was like, that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started emailing and we would like exchange songs and lyrics. And then we started Skyping. And then that's like really when it all started happening with music with us was just like Skype sessions for hours and hours. That's the thing. It's like, that would be the first time I think I ever had something like that where you could sit down. Yeah. Like sit down with someone you don't know, you know, you're two different places and you were able to come up with something 
you know, so quickly and it felt so effortless and, you know, mm-hmm. I could send you like 50 lyrics and you would, you know, just, oh my God, like the, the things that you would hear and see, it was like, you just like got it. And I'll never forget <laughs> when I sent you, um, I think it was my badass man. And it was like, I couldn't figure out which lyric to put. So I put yeah. them all. Yeah, I actually, was actually, yeah, I was yeah, thinking about that. that. Yeah, and it <laughs> was do. like, the line was like, I can't, and then I put deal, be, live, breathe without you, and I was like, she'll just pick one, yeah. and then you you took all of them, and you turned it into this <laughs> cool line, and I was like, okay, I was like, yeah. she gets it. <laughs> That's so funny, I actually, yeah, I vividly remember that, because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to pick. It's like, we'll just pick them all. Yeah. Because it was like, you're confusing me, guys. So sh- I can't choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so when we first started writing together, you had just went to Nashville, right? And I think you yeah. had like won a contest or something. Or? Yeah, so the first time I went to Nashville was for a Tom Jackson uh, boot camp. Mm-hmm. So he at the time was with Taylor Swift and producing her live show. So, you know, what to do in certain moments of the song, you know, stuff like yeah. that, just to create like a visual picture uh, of the lyrics. And so, so cool. um, at one part in the camp, he made everybody perform, everybody got critiqued and like rated, and then they handed out prizes. So I ended up winning, um, I think it was three hours um, in the studio with a, a producer that was well known in the area. Wow. Um, so the second time that Sorry, I went, my kids. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the second time that I went, that's when I uh, went to use the recording time. Nice. So that was pretty cool. I got to meet tons of musicians who worked with like, you know, the big names like the Rima McIntyres and the Carrie Underwood. So it was pretty surreal. That's I think so I was cool. only like 15, you know, and so to, to be, and I mean, they're regular guys, right? Like they were super yeah. down to earth, but to know that like you're in a room full of people who collectively have worked with some, some of the most, you know, incredible musicians there are it was uh yeah it was incredible that's so cool I'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so I really want to get into the EP that you released back in is this 2012 2013 yeah but um before I wanted to talk about that I wanted to talk about the song that you wrote for your cousin it's such a beautiful tribute and yeah I just wanted you to tell everyone a bit about that song sure so my cousin Matthew He was diagnosed with leukemia when he was 20, Mm. and um, he successfully got into remission um, the first time, and he was good for a couple years, and then it came back at 25, and it was just too strong, and and he couldn't fight it anymore. So I had, you know, when you're a songwriter, you try to pull inspiration from your life, and um, my cousin Jessica his sister at the time was obviously having a really difficult time and so I was looking at her Instagram posts because Instagram was the big thing back in 2014 yeah and uh they just seemed really poetic and so I had asked her if she was coming up with these herself or if she was taking them from quotes and of the ones that she said that were hers they happened to be the most captivating so I took a couple of those lines and I started to form something in my head. And so I asked her if she could give me some feelings and some emotions. And I added that into the song. And then the next thing I knew, I had a song. So um, we performed it. Well, I performed it. She came in with me um, in certain moments. But um, 
we did it at our annual Light the Night uh, Leukemia Foundation uh, okay. gala that we were hosting in Montreal. So nice. it would be a night where we just, we go celebrate, we raise some money, we have fun, we eat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she came up with me, she sang it with me. Um, it was a really emotional um, moment, but it, it was nice. You know, we were celebrating, we were remembering, and uh, it, it was just something that I could do to kind of help the healing mm-hmm. process, both for myself for sure. and, and for them. Yeah. And um, just tell everyone what the song is called and where they can find it to go listen to it because it's beautiful. So um, I believe right now the only place to find it would be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me make sure it's actually there. <laughs> <laughs> I used to make this mistake so much when I was younger um, when you just like didn't want to have a video on there anymore and you would delete yeah, it instead of just I putting know. it private. Oh my gosh. I know. I did that Learned to so lesson. many things and I hate <laughs> it now because like, I can't watch it now. Young yeah. Allie, what were you thinking? <laughs> I know. So it's on YouTube. It's called My Prayer to You. Um, and let me just see if it's on my website it might be but yeah so it's uh it's on my website which is samanthatessa.com and it's on youtube perfect yeah everyone go listen to it it's absolutely beautiful and i feel like anyone who's gone through losing someone can definitely relate to it thank you so going back now into your ep that you released it has five songs on it and Obviously, I wanted to talk about it for a few reasons. One of them being that they're all the songs are all super great, and two being that we worked on mostly all of them <laughs> except one. So I feel like we could like really dive into the songs. So yeah, for sure. Let's start with Billy because you wrote that song with Susie McNeil, right? Yeah. So how did you get that opportunity? That's so cool. So back in the day, I think the company's dissolved now, but it was a company that basically set you up with industry professionals um, for a price, obviously. Um, (laughs) But it was like a super duper discounted rate. Um, Do I know what that rate was? No, but (laughs) um, from what I'm told, it was a discount. It was great, uh, yeah. (laughs) But um, I got set up with Susie McNeil and actually with Zubin, who um, who at the time had played for Simple Plan and Kira Isabella. But who is now, I believe, the lead guitarist or just one of the guitarists for Sean Mendez. Oh, wow. A really talented, really great guy. So he produced it. He helped write it. Um, and then Susie and I also wrote it together. So um, I was first introduced to Susie when she sang on uh, Rockstar in Excess. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever heard a Queen song. And oh, so cool. I was just blown away. So when I got the opportunity to work with her, it was like a, a no-brainer, right? Right. So um, we walk into the apartment, and it's, like, super chill. She's such a nice person. They're both really nice. And there was, like, meat and cheese. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, this is my type of people. And yeah. <laughs> I, um, it, it, was, it was so easy. Like, she's so smart. They're both just, like, really good together. So when the ideas started flowing, they started flowing. And I remember um, at the time I had actually just broken up with my boyfriend whose name happened to be Billy. And so we're working on a title, you know, trying to pick, okay, well, what kind of name could we use? John, Mark, whatever. And she's like, what about Billy? Because that was her ex-boyfriend's name. Ah. And I was like, well, you know, if I call it Billy, you know, people are going to think it's about my ex-boyfriend. She's like, so? 
I was like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it wasn't necessarily written about him, even though I'm sure his whole family probably thinks so. Um, yeah. But uh, she titled it. And like, honestly, I couldn't even think of another title worth, you know, yeah. putting in that spot because it just works so well. Yeah. And I can't imagine there, it being a different name because it just wouldn't flow the same. Like, it's it perfect. No. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good song. It's such a, <laughs> it's like a good, like, rock pop vibe like yeah Yeah, and it was kind of like the first time um I had worked with a duo and like there wasn't any conflict with ideas of like where we wanted it to go and they weren't Mm -hmm. trying to change genres on me um to fit what they were comfortable with like yeah we all kind of had the same taste you know similar to you and I and we were able Mm -hmm. to to come up with like a really vocal driven song and uh it was kind of like not I don't want to say techno but it was a little more like um electronic feel than the rest yeah. of the stuff that I have which I, I really loved for sure it's so good actually Foster's best friend's name is Billy oh really so I always like is Billy your real name I always think of him when <laughs> I listen to it yeah so um one of the songs I'm probably most excited to talk about is a song that I'm still like super duper proud of and I feel like it was such a cool concept which is tongue twisted yes. and I remember you emailing me the concept And I was like, how in the heck am I going to make? Because you sent me those. They weren't, were they called memes back in our day? Okay, I couldn't remember. I was like, maybe they were called something else. But there's like those memes and it was like kind of confusing or it's like falling up the stairs or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I want to write a song called Tongue Twisted that like plays on these memes. And I was like, okay. I'm yeah, so I felt worried. so bad because like I genuinely it's like when you find a really good meme, like when you open the internet browser, right? And you see the meme mm-hmm. and you're like reading it and then it disappears and you're like, oh my god, like yeah. where did it go? But it go? you were able to grasp what it was. And I yeah. could not find whatever it was that had inspired that thought. And I felt so bad. I'm trying to explain it to you. And I was like, this girl's gonna read it and think I'm just like losing it. But <laughs> I had found something that was that was exactly that. Like when you want to say something, but you end up saying something else, but it makes yeah. sense because it's kind of upside down and backwards. Um, mm-hmm. And I personally had no idea how you managed to come up with what you did, <laughs> but it was like, you gave it back to me and I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. This is exactly yeah. it. Like, you know, there was never, I, I wasn't sure how you did it, but you did it perfectly. So it was, oh. it was definitely cool. Cause there was no other song that I had ever seen that was like that that was yeah. a representation of sometimes how you do get tongue twisted it's mostly just like oh you know yeah you make me tongue twisted or I lose my words around you but nothing yeah. that was like the actual lyrics embodied like uh, we're tongue twisted we're yeah confusing. exactly because I feel like yeah like you sent me the idea and I was like I don't want to let her down but I was like I have to figure out how I'm gonna <laughs> do it and it's so funny thinking back on that now because it literally only took me 10 minutes to actually really? come up with it. Oh, and wow. then I remember I, like, recorded it onto my garage band, my Mac. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to send it to her. And she's probably going to hate it. Be like, that's not what I meant. You're crazy. And then you were like, no, that's what I meant. So I was yeah. like, we just always had it. We knew what we were thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. 10 minutes. I wow. I would never have guessed that that would have only taken you 10 minutes. Yeah, well... Because I feel like you did end up finding something and you sent it to me and I was like, okay, I I think I know what she's saying. Like, just kind of conjubble the end of the line. And I think what I did is I would write, like, 
I wrote like the lines and then I literally was like, okay, I just like switch this word and this word. Yeah. And then it just kind of made sense. Yeah. So I love that song. Everyone <laughs> go listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> okay. And then we talked a bit about badass men because that's, I had written that down where I was like, I remember you sending me the lyrics and then we couldn't, you were like, I don't know what to say. And I was like, we'll just say all of it. Yeah. And then in that song, you had already had the full first verse written, which was like perfect. And you mm-hmm. set the entire tone that the rest of the song, like the second verse and the bridge came pretty easy to me. And then you killed the vocal on that song. And like whoever produced this is amazing because I love how when it comes in, it's just like the one guitar and then all of a sudden it doubles Mm -hmm. and just how the build is. It's so good. And then you went, that's where you went was Nashville, right? To record that? Yeah. So that, that's the one that I recorded in Nashville. And like, it was, it's always a surreal experience when you go into the studio and you provide somebody with like just you and a guitar and then it turns into this like monster of a song and yes. and you're like, okay. And um, I remember when I had finished, he was like, do you want background vocals? And I was like, yeah. So he got this guy from New York to come in and it was like, wow. oh my God, he was incredible. Like mm-hmm. he, he just like picked up everything that I absolutely, I wasn't even there. Like they did it without me and, <laughs> and it just turned out so perfectly, but like I, I always struggle with the second verse, so I'm glad I had you. <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it's definitely one of my favorite favorite songs. Definitely Same for sure. I love it. My husband loves it too. He's like, you guys should put this on like rock stations still, and like, I'm like we still could. We still could. It's yeah. So badass. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you uh, went to Nashville, did they already have all like the um, instrumentation, everything done, and you just went in and sang, or did they do that with you there? How did that all so work? So we did absolutely everything together. So cool. um, if memory serves, I think I sent them a track of you playing, and okay. then I the guy would like listen to it for like ten seconds, and he already knew what he was doing, and right. I just sang <laughs> over top with him. So it was just like me and him playing for a couple seconds, you know, just to get the feel of it, and then he would yep. record. Um, all the instruments. So the instruments would do like one or two rounds. Then he'd add in a couple things here and there. And then I would go in and I would sing um, both with them playing and then with the track just for authenticity uh, authenticity purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything was done uh, together. So after you came back from Nashville and um, you had the songs, I remember you sent them to me and I cried when I listened to them because they were so good. And it was such a really weird experience because I had obviously recorded my own music before. And obviously, you know, you get emotional. But Mm -hmm. I always think of myself as a songwriter first. And so to hear songs that I had written and co-written with someone who, A, is like an amazing singer on top of it all. And then they were recorded so amazingly. I, it's just such a crazy, I can't even explain that feeling still. Even when I still listen to them, like, I can't believe, like, I'm part of this. (laughs) So it's such a cool thing to think about, so... Thank you for letting me be a part of it. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you for being a part of it. I couldn't have done it without you. It's, it's definitely surreal, um, to have ideas and then you put them down on paper and all of a sudden they turn into this, you know, song, regardless of, you know, whether you're writing a song that's great, you know, it's okay. It's, it's terrible. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, you know, like you still look back and and you, you think about the song and where you were at that point in your life. And it's such a great feeling. And, and, you know, I don't know how many other professions can really, you know, connect with that, but 
it's it's really something to feel a certain way at some point in your life and be able to put it out into the world for everybody to hear and yep. you know it's your vulnerability and 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 a part of who you are and it's just it's such an accomplishment regardless of you know how the song does if one person hears it or you know yeah. a thousand people hear it it's it's always the same I, I find every time like yeah. it, it comes out and even if it's just for you it's such a great feeling to hear it it is and then it's cool too because we can listen back to those songs and be like I remember what I was feeling when I wrote this or like you know it's like a moment in our lives yeah absolutely so cool and then it was about like six to 12 months after you did the first songs that we wrote delusional girl right I yeah think it was which that is such a funny song and I gotta I say love it's it one of my favorites I think that's one of my Same. husband's favorites too I yeah. think it's just it's funny because like we've all been that girl you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's like we've all had a point in our lives where you know we have fantasies about somebody whether they're like you know a real boy or girl in school or you know, yeah. um, a celebrity that you're obviously never gonna get. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's just funny to put the perspective of, you know, like, oh my god, like this girl's so crazy. She's like following me home. She's doodling his name. Like, yeah. like she doesn't even realize what's really going on. And it, it, it was, it was a lot of fun to write. It was definitely a different was. Uh, topic for sure. And I feel like you and I, it was actually kind of based on some truth because. Mm-hmm. We were both dating people, which yours is your husband. Mine yeah. is an exy or an exy. Oh my god, not an exy. <laughs> I was gonna say a douchey ex, and then it came out weird. <laughs> Anyways, he doesn't matter anymore. But we wrote it because we were both dating people that had like these girls that had these crazy crushes, and we were like, "Nuh-uh," and you're crazy. <laughs> and it was such a, it was like personal for us, but it was like hilarious and. I swear we like were on Skype for like five hours when we wrote that song, like oh, just probably. coming up with things. <laughs> oh, probably because it's it's just so funny, right? You think about like, well, what would a crazy person do, right? Who's yeah. infatuated with like a, a person that they're not gonna attain? It's like, well, you know, we've all been there, like Miss Joe Jonas, you know? Yes. And, oh yeah, and, we've all done that. <laughs> yeah, you know, or, or like gluing his face on a person that's like beside you in a photo and it's it it was just so fun coming up with like the different scenarios and like plugging them in to the Mm -hmm. to the song to see how they all kind of come together yeah and then you guys did a music video for that song which I love and it's hilarious so was that just all your friends or or are some of them like paid actors I never asked you this before um the guy who directed it was just a guy from um one of the colleges here in town at Algonquin so they were in this like um music tv broadcasting program where they had um to to fulfill different requirements and so he had to make a music video of some sort so I had a lot of friends that were in that program so he asked me I said yeah and so I had never met most of the people that were there except for um the other couple that you see behind us like those are my friends um And everybody else was just kind of there. It was part of their program. So, like, it was, like, I got a free music video, but they also got to do their, their yeah. credits for school. So Perfect. it was fun. Yeah, I love that music video. I remember watching it. I, I remember just laughing. I was like, it's so funny. <laughs> and that's still on your YouTube page because, actually, my kids and I watched it today. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like, it's, it's still so up good. on YouTube. Yeah, I love that one. And then Red Flag – 
Um, that was a song actually I had been working about, which is about that same douchey ex actually. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to see those red flags and I wrote the chorus and then I showed it to you. And then we started working on the verses and they just came out like super paramore vibes. Mm-hmm. And then your voice just like killed it. And I still love that song. <laughs> that I gotta say that's one of my favorite songs. I remember the exact moment I heard the lyrics. I was on the treadmill in the basement in my parents' house <laughs> and I was so mad. I was so, so mad about this guy. And um, I was like, you know how we are, you know, you're uh-huh. on the treadmill and I used to practice like singing on the treadmill. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like running and I was like, you don't care about anybody. And I was like screaming the things I wanted to say to him. <laughs> and then like one or two of those lines were like good. <laughs> So yeah. I was like, I need to get off. And so I like sprinted upstairs yeah. and like started writing a couple things. And, you know, that's when we started to like exchange like lyrics about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just came from a place of pure rage. <laughs> it is. It's it's yeah. both of our rage song and it's so good. And then I think one of the things I actually genuinely love about that song is the metaphors that we used in that song. Like they're really sophisticated and yeah. good and the rhymes, everything. I don't know. It's so good. I think it was just like one of the first times we, like you said, like the metaphors and the way that we just describe certain things. It was just a little bit more mature than some of the other yeah. songs that we had done at that point. I agree. And I feel like Delusional Girl and Red Flag were actually our more like storytelling yes. songwriting. We kind of like tapped into that. And I feel like they were cool songs that kind of just like came out of thin air again. And we just were like, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Did you go back to Nashville to record those ones? Um, so for Red Flag, so the ones that I recorded in Nashville were uh, Red Flag, Delusional Girl, and uh, My Badass Man and Tongue Twisted. So um, I think I went down twice. I, honestly, I, I really don't remember, but um, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was twice, and I did two songs each time. And I had a really hard time picking which one to do because – we had written a song called Girl I'll Never Be, and I was, like, I, in love with this song. Um, yeah. And I ended up not taking that one, and I, I took, um, uh, I think, Red Flag with me. Um, but I did get Girl I'll Never Be, like, demoed later. But, yeah, yeah. I think I think I went back twice, uh, two, two songs per session in Nashville. Yeah, and did you work with the same producers yeah. and everything? Yeah. Same musician, and same producer. Was the experience pretty much like similar yeah like I felt a little more more confident obviously I'm sure you know the more that you are confident in the sound that you want and and the people that you're working with you know you tend to speak up a little bit more and and guide the direction in which you'd like to see it rather than Mm -hmm. have somebody else kind of do it for you yeah and like again like red flag I love that song I feel like that suits your voice so well like that like Kelly Clarkson like Paramore like that angry you know what I mean? That vibe. And then I love that guitar riff that plays throughout like the whole verse. Oh, oh my so gosh. Good. That guy <laughs> is so talented. Dave Cleveland. Yes. Oh my good Lord. That man. Uh, uh, he's, I don't even have words. Like he's so talented and like, he's so in the zone and like he picks things up so quickly. He did maybe a couple different tries at, at riffs and like every single one of them was incredible. 
Yeah, I I love that. I love that guitar. It's so good. <laughs> and then uh, in Badass Man too, that one, I think that's like that big solo. Oh, it's just yeah. so good. Those well, songs d- both should be on rock radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had told <laughs> them, I was stations. like, listen, I'm a rocker at heart. I was like, I love big guitar solos. I love loud music and I love real instruments. And they mm-hmm. were like, okay, let's go. We got you. Yeah. yeah. And they got it. They nailed it. So... Um, what's music looked like for you for the last few years? So it's been quite different. Um, Mm -hmm. after many, many years of, you know, hauling my guitar and my piano and my PAs and doing basically everything by myself, um, you know, you go and you perform at like Boston Pizza for four hours and get paid a hundred bucks, you know? Um, (laughs) I, I started working with individual musicians. So like I had you, I was working with Theo Tams for a while, the last person who won Canadian Idol. Um, I was doing this stuff with Susie. I'd worked with a gentleman named um, Damon Elliott, who is uh, Dionne Warwick's son, who produced Get the wow. Party Started by Pink. We had done stuff oh, with wow. him. So, like, I was I was working with, like, one or two individuals here and there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I was doing, like, solo shows. I was trying to, like, ramp up, like, what I was doing and, and switch it around. Um, and then... I just, it, it, it became very tiring to do everything yourself. And there really wasn't sure. the musicianship that I was looking for here. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I ended up going on a tour with this group. I think, again, they've dissolved by now, but it was called HMP. And so it was myself and a whole bunch of other musicians from bands to solo. Um, we went across uh, the eastern coast of Canada. And we performed. So tour bus style, hotels, you know, the whole shebang and uh that was quite the experience you know being on stage with like a house band and that was fantastic and I met Melanie Morgan there who's a CMA country music um award recipient I think or nominee like she's an incredible vocalist um so we became friends like you'd probably love her um and (laughs) it was a good experience to get like a tour um that was different from like doing my own live shows Um, Mm -hmm. but since, because I've kind of dropped out of doing stuff, uh, just by myself, like I'm working with a band, they're called Sticks and Stones. So currently we're not doing any original material, although myself and one of the, um, guitarists do write music on the side. Uh, but we basically, we do performing around the city, um, uh, sometimes in nearby provinces, but it's mostly like private events or like large scale, um, events. And so we've been doing that, or I've been doing that for the last three years, I think, three or four years. And it's just been nice to have an opportunity to do a wide range of events, but not to always have to be, you know, doing everything myself, playing all the instruments, singing all the songs. Mm -hmm. So I get to take a a good role in the band where I sing, I could do backup, you know, I'm I'm doing a whole bunch of different things in the band. And it's been a great experience. And they're all really seasoned people. And and they've been doing it for a very long time. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And do you plan on recording another EP or single or anything in, or hope to in the future? Um, I have thought about it. There's, you know, as you know, you've probably got a catalog of songs that you've never, you know, put Released, down in the yeah. studio. And yeah. um, I did go and I recorded a song that um, I had in the vault for years called Dear Diary. It's on my website. Um, I also had gone and done Girl I'll Never Be and the song called Extra Extra, which are again on the website, um, with a local producer. His name is Ivan Petit. He's the guitar or bassist, I believe, for, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Johnny Reed. 
he oh, wow. literally lives down the street from my parents. <laughs> oh, cool. And he's, like, the nicest dude. So, like, we would sit and we would, like, um, record some music. And, uh, but other than that, like, I, I, I struggle to think about what I want to do. We, I put out a song called Mama Knows with the band members that I work with. Um, okay. it's more on the country storytelling side. I believe that that is up on probably, I think just Facebook right now. I'd have to see where else it is, but, um, it, it's just like, I, I'm trying to find the sound that I want again. Um, for sure. As you know, like, I really love the rock, the pop, but it becomes difficult to write that kind of music when you're also a storyteller, because then you're kind of crossing genres. So I've been writing a lot of stuff that's kind of the in-between, so I I really would have to sit down and look at some of the catalog stuff that I've written and (laughs) and see, you know, what what I could go back into the studio. Obviously, with COVID, I can't go anywhere, but... um, You know, hopefully once this all subsides, I'll be able to go back and and do something. That would be awesome. I look forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of 2020, I've been asking everyone on the podcast. um, Yeah. So what did COVID look like for you as uh, a person and as an artist? What was that like? Or what is it like? Because it's not done yet. (laughs) So when COVID first hit, obviously we were all like, oh, two weeks. And I was like, great, I finally get a vacation. And then (laughs) it was more than two weeks. It was more than a month. And I was like, oh, okay. So at the beginning, we weren't sure what was happening. So our gigs slowly got canceled. And we were all a little unsure about what was going to happen. And it was kind of sad because you know, when you've got like 30 gigs lined up and then all of a sudden you don't, it's like, yeah. oh, now what do I do? Um, and so we were trying to still do rehearsals and, and get things going. Um, and we did a COVID aid, kind of like live aid. Um, yeah. So we did it at our band leader's home. He lives on the water. So everybody oh, was nice. in boats and rafts and stuff like that so that nobody was um, close to That's anybody. Cool. Yeah, so we raised, I think it was about $2,000, something like that, in just a couple hours from playing. There was a couple different bands. Um, we're hoping to do it again this year if things are looking up. Yeah. But uh, other than that, like, we, we haven't had any gigs because, obviously, people are being cautious. No, there's no weddings. Mm-hmm. There's no birthday parties, private yeah. events. And in Ontario, especially in Ottawa, um, things fluctuate daily. So, really, it depends what Toronto is doing. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that influences what happens to us. So uh, we unfortunately can't really go anywhere, can't really see anybody or do anything. So, you know, we're kind of limited to to what we can do right now. Well, thank you so much for catching up and chatting today. I miss our songwriting dates. We no, should do some more. <laughs> we should. We really should. We should. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Make sure you check out Samantha's music at samanthatesta.com to hear all of her music and catch her next shows and releases. Don't forget to check out my website to keep up to date on all the artists who have been on and who are coming on the podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.